Hello, one and all, and welcome to Film Fragments, a podcast where we take fragments of an actor, director, and genre and tell you our favorites from their catalog. My name is Brian Suffield. I'm your host, and I'm very excited to welcome you guys to this week's episode of Film Fragments, where today we're going to be talking about our favorite film star and Oscar-winning actress, Viola Davis, in honor of the very, very incredibly long-titled prequel to The Hunger Games, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. As it's hidden theaters this weekend, we're going to be going to our favorite film star in Viola Davis. I'm very excited to delve into her career, and I'm very excited to welcome today's guest. Our guest today is Kit Stone. She is the creator of Hugh Watched It. She is a member of the Hollywood Critics Association, the IFS Critics, the Cherry Picks, and the Online Film and Television Association. And she's also a Ron Tomatoes approved critic. Hi, Kit. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. How do you how do you only choose five Viola Davis films? Like how do you narrow it down? I'm I'm very stressed about this. Oh, you and me both. This was not an easy list to put together. We were talking about off air of how this wasn't exactly the easiest list to compile, but I'm pretty confident in saying that I'm proud of my list, and I'm excited to hear your list as well. And before we get into the topic of Viola Davis, I would just love to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, talk about what you do, what got you into film, and why you love it so much. Oh my gosh, what got me into film? I mean, have you ever seen one? I mean, they're great, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, I was uh, I always felt I was going to be a performer. You know, I was uh, the lead in my third grade play I was Freddie the Frog I still remember my solo performance <laughs> uh all the lyrics to to my solo uh song and um I just always knew that I wanted to be a part of the film industry in some way either writing either directing which I went to film school either acting I just wanted to contribute and you know, life happens and and you know things go go one way or the other and when I pretty much discovered that one way I can um, contribute is by, you know, just looking at these films and talking about them and kind of, for me, film criticism is more, is less of just, you know, what my opinion is of the film and, and how I take it in, but also helping that film find its audience. You know, I really try to use my platform to be constructive about, uh, the story. Um, and even if it's not for me to really think, well, who would this be for? Who would like this? Because I think that everyone that creates art, there is an audience for that art because, you know, that art comes from a real place. It comes from, you know, life experience. It comes from, you know, uh, society where we are culturally. And I think that, you know, kind of like every pot has a lid, <laughs> not everything is for you, but, you know, if I can help that that film or, or that show find the people it's for, then it's a good day, you know? So that's kind of what, uh, how I kind of stumbled into the criticism portion of everything. But I just love movies and I, I still write and, and hope to maybe one day do a short film or something like that. But I just really love movies. I love the comfort they can provide. I love the escape they can provide. And, you know, just the community. I mean, I would not have met you had it not been for this shared love of film. And I just think that that's great. And I just love it. Yeah, I echo all those sentiments. I love my favorite thing about this community is me and all these fellow 
film geeks that love and celebrate film the way that I do because growing up, I never thought that I would ever meet anybody who loves film the way I do. And then even though the online community can be very, very toxic, and I'm sure you could agree with me on that, um, you meet so many incredible people from all over the globe who love film and it, you just build these connections and these friendships and it's really, really amazing. And speaking of amazing, Viola Davis recent EGOT recipient which massive congratulations to the queen herself yes, for yes. pulling off that accomplishment an Emmy a Grammy an Oscar and the Tony I mean my goodness that's just so impressive that she has received that honor and honestly I kind of figured that she would at some point I remember when Viola Davis's career was really fully taken off I'm like you know I could see her becoming an EGOT recipient. When would that be? I have no idea. And now here we are, and she's an EGOT recipient. She's one of the most <laughs> she's one of the most prolific and celebrated performers that we have working today. You you ask someone on the street how they feel about Viola Davis. I don't think you'll ever come across anybody that doesn't at least like her. Sure, you could say that maybe you're not into her films per se, but I guarantee you that everyone has at least one film that they love with Viola Davis and they love her in it. So I would just love to pose the question to you about why do you think Viola Davis is as respected of an actor as she is and what makes you such a fan of Viola Davis? I think that people can sense authenticity and not even just in performance, but in personality and actual being. And I think that people can sense not only a genuine love for the art from Viola Davis, but just a genuinely kind person, an honest person. And I think people gravitate to that, especially in an industry like Hollywood. Um, I think for me, and we talked about this a little bit off air, you know, she has a very long filmography. Um, not every part is huge as most actors, you know, they have, you know, different, you know, screen time, you know, as their career goes on, but her presence in each role is just very magnetic. It's very dynamic and it leaves a stain. And I think it's because she, number one, puts her all into every role she, she does. And you, you can feel that that character is like, a real person like you know sometimes people act and you're like oh yeah they're acting really hard they're really trying <laughs> you know but I really feel like Viola Davis becomes that character and the character feels genuine and that allows for the audience to connect more um and like you said you know not every actor does a film that everyone likes but I think when it comes to her and what she gives we always know she's going to deliver um, and I think that that's why, I mean, that's why I love her. And um, and I just love the representation that she's been able to give on screen, um, you know, not just as a wonderful actor, but as a, a, as a female and also um, as a Black woman. And I just, I love it to pieces. Yeah, I, I love her as well. Anytime she's on screen, I always get excited to see what she brings to any of her performances. And I love that she's an actor that I say this a lot on the podcast, but I've always loved whenever an actor and a filmmaker step out of their comfort zone to do something completely different than what you expect them to do. Viola Davis has tackled so many different genres. She has pulled off so many different kinds of roles, and it's really impressive how she has so much range 
She could do comedy, drama, thriller, action. She's even been in comic book movies. Uh, mm-hmm. She played a musician. She's done so many different roles throughout the years. And, you know, you brought this up uh, right off air, but, and I pretty much agree with you to where it really wasn't until How to Get Away with Murder premiered back in 2014 where people finally started paying attention to Viola Davis. And from there until now, like, it's just been a ride for her. As a performer, I mean, she's won so many accolades. She was a Tony Award winner prior, but in the years since she became a cast member on How to Get Away with Murder, she won an Emmy, she won an Oscar, and she won a Grammy. And she yeah. is one of the most likable presents in this entire industry. There's no way that there's anybody out there that doesn't at least like Viola Davis. You watch her in interviews, she seems like the most humble, down-to-earth, genuine person. She also seems like a blast to hang out with. I would love to just hang out and get dinner and grab a drink with <laughs> Viola Davis and just chat yeah. with her. She just seems like an absolute delight to be around. And she's such a committed performer. She always gives it 110%. She could be in the shittiest movie possible and still deliver a great performance. And that's why I love her so much. You could always tell that she's pouring her heart into every single performance that she is given. And that's why I respect her so much. And that's also why it was so hard to put this list together because I like her in pretty much everything that I've seen her in. I have not, <laughs> exactly. I, haven't, I haven't watched anything with her where I walk out of that film or even TV show to where I say Viola Davis was a glaring issue with it. If anything, Viola Davis is always a bright spot of whatever she's in. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just to kind of piggyback before we go into the five. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And this, it's also difficult. And I know you've seen this too, when someone comes from a very widely successful television series, they don't always have a super lucrative film career afterwards. Right. You know, sometimes people like they have to stay in kind of the television realm or, you know, uh, or vice versa. And, you know, how to get away with murder was like the relaunch of uh, Viola Davis. And, and although it's not a film role, the reason I love that show and her character, Annalise Keating so much is because we just got to see her be powerful, be vulnerable, be sad, be, Kind have like a breakdown, be loving, be funny. It's just, it was really like a living in, in, in breathing portfolio of, yes, I'm Viola Davis and I can do all these things. We saw her be sexy. And I know that, like I said before, as far as Black representation and, and that darker skinned Black woman, watching this woman be powerful and sexy and flirty and soft and then strong and all of those things that black women don't normally get to be was just very powerful and i'm so glad that we kind of have that showcase um and we have it in also the roles afterwards which i'll get to later but yeah that's that's why it's one of my favorites i think i told you i've like rewatched the series like two three times but yeah yeah you've you watched it more times than me as i told you i've only watched maybe like the first five or six episodes and not you because gotta get i didn't on like that. the show i i know i do need to get back onto it there's so much tv on my watch list and that's definitely one that has been on my watch list for so long my mother and my sister they loved that show so um the, since there's two people in my family that love the show i guess it is encouraging that i have to get back into it and now since you've said that you've watched it 
multiple times. I'm like, well, now I have a reason to actually (laughs) sit down and get back into the Avengers of Annalise Keen because I I will tell you, from the few episodes that I watched of that show, I was like, man, this is one of the coolest characters that I have seen on television, not just in recent memory, but maybe ever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's so good. She's so good in that show, and I cannot wait to delve into her films. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into the list. So, Kit, what is your number five favorite Viola Davis film of all time? Okay. All right. Oh, this is so hard. I've been going back and forth just even as we're talking. Like, do I really want to use it as my number five or do I want to pull back? Do I really want to? Do I want to? Okay. So, my number five, I'm just going to commit, is. Troop Zero. That is my number five. It is a, I believe, video film, um, Amazon original film. And I really loved her character, um, Miss Raylene. And it also stars like McKenna Grace and Jim Gaffigan. And basically, she is helping little McKenna Grace uh, by being the troop mother so that they can go to, uh, I think it's like the Jamboree or something like that, the Jamboree, um, and win this prize. And I really liked that character because (laughs) she was just so sassy, but so fun. And I can tell in watching her that she had fun in the role. She had like this sass that I hadn't seen her have recently. And it was just very lighthearted and very fun. And that's why, I mean, that's my, that's my number five. I was really surprised too. It's a, it's a recent watch. I think I just watched it. Uh, was it yesterday? And it shot up, shot up on my list. So I have not seen Troop Zero. It's one that I hadn't gone the round to watch. And I remember when it dropped on Amazon a couple of years ago, just looking up when it came out, it came out in early 2020. So just, Oh man, it came out um, less than two months before everything went to shit in the yeah, world. So. Right, right. Um, We're like, I'm not watching no Troop well, Zero. The world is if the world yeah. is drowning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got bigger. I got bigger priorities than to watch Troop Zero. <laughs> although I do love Jim Gaffigan. I'm a big yeah, fan and Allison Janney is in it as well. Allison Janney, of course. You know, this isn't the only time that she's worked with Allison Janney, so. Um. Yeah, it's it sounded like a really cute film, and it's one that I definitely want to check out because Viola Davis doesn't really tend to do a lot of feel good movies. She's done a couple. She's done a an occasional amount of them, but she hasn't done as much as I really thought. But but this is one that I'll definitely put on my watch list for sure because who doesn't love a feel good cozy watch with the family and friends and what have you. And it's so funny because my number five is not a feel good cozy watch at all. And it's not a film for families at all. So as I told you off air, I had a film on my list that objectively is not one of her best films. And I could recognize that there are some faults to this film and it's very flawed, but I think that this film is so freaking entertaining. I'm literally holding my breath. <laughs> I'm holding my and breath. Okay, go ahead. As someone and as someone who has become tired of where comic book films have gone, it was so refreshing to see a film like this come out, blow everyone's minds literally and metaphorically, and be as good as it was. So my number five is 
not Suicide Squad, but these Suicide Squads from 2021. Um, I just want to get off my chest how much I think she is perfect as Amanda Waller. I think that is pitch perfect casted. When they announced that she was going to be in the DC Universe playing this character, I'm like, yeah. I mean, who else are you going to cast at this very moment besides Viola Davis? So I won't spend too much time on this film because as pivotal as she is to the story, she's obviously not in this film as much as she's not the main focus of it. But Suicide Squad from 2016 was an absolute misfire in my eyes. There were some moments of it that I thought were really impressive. But overall, it was such a mess. And then you heard about all the behind-the-scenes drama. Yeah. And then you're like, well, it makes sense how it became a mess. So then when James Gunn was announced to come in and make a sequel but slash a soft reboot to the Suicide Squad um, and add his own spin to it, I think it's one of the best comic book movies to have come out in the past five to 10 years. It being rated R is obviously a really incredible thing too, because a lot of the comic movies we get nowadays are very, they hold back a lot. They, they don't show you like gritty and rawness. And I'm not saying that violence makes everything better because it absolutely doesn't, but this movie is ridiculous and it embraces its ridiculousness so beautifully. It does not take itself seriously one bit, which is why I respect James Gunn so much when he comes to his comic book movies and everything. But I do like everything they did with Amanda Waller in this particular film. And I mean, I know the film's a couple years old, but like the last scene with her where she's like literally freaking out in the control room and then someone just smacks her down and everything. I was like, that's kind of fucking awesome. I was just like, oh my God, this is great. But also just seeing her work off the likes of Margot Robbie and Idris Elba and John Cena and all these other actors and everything is really, really cool. And I don't think anyone in, the, in their minds ever thought that one of the filmmakers that Viola Davis, Oscar winning actor Viola Davis would work with was James Gunn. And it's great. I have a huge soft spot for the suicide squad as well as the spinoff show peacemaker which viola davis does make an appearance on and everything and i'm excited to see whatever else viola davis does with this character i really hope they utilize her a little bit better i would love to see her lead a dc project because i mean yeah. first of all she's viola davis and it would be really cool if she did because i like that character from what we've gotten with her and i think she adds a lot to that character and makes her way more compelling than just being the bossy person that's in charge of this organization and what have you so the suicide squad is my number five so i'm gonna assume this is not on your list so i'm curious <laughs> to hear your thoughts on not not suicide squad but the suicide squad so if you're ready for this i have not seen the suicide squad i only saw oh, suicide man. squad which I was still agreeing with you, though, on Waller. I was still agreeing with you that she was a great casting choice for that. I do wonder, because I know they're doing a Waller project, if they're going to keep her, even if just voicing animated, or if they are going to go another route. Um, they are. They are keeping her. They oh, are excellent. Her. Excellent. Well, there you go. Like, I'm excited. I think, you know, people say a lot about you know, the superhero films or the comic book movies or whatever, but, you know, it, they do have really great stories and they do have really great characters. And it's always really nice when 
those kind of marry each other in a project, you know? And I don't think anybody can deny that. Um, So I think a lot of people would agree with you about her role specifically as Waller and about that movie. I've heard a lot of good things about that movie. Yeah, it's it's so good. I cannot stress enough how great it was. I, I had a ball with it. I had a blast with it. And I understand why there are people that are not fond of James Gunn's style. His style is definitely not for everybody. But again, it's nice when you see a – because my thing is with comic book superhero movies is that some of them, when they do take themselves seriously – they pull it off really well. I mean, I think Logan's a great example. I think the Dark Knight trilogy is a great example. Recently, the Batman was a great example. But for the most part, a lot of these comic book movies that take themselves seriously work best when they're not taking themselves seriously. And that's why I love not not all of them, but I love a lot of these DC movies. Like Shazam didn't take itself seriously. Birds of Prey didn't take itself seriously. And this movie did not take itself seriously, which I really commend and appreciate. But pushing aside the guilty pleasure pick <laughs> for even though this is even though it's a great film and I will stand by it. Um going into our number fours, what is your pick? My number four for Viola Davis. And it's so funny because every time you ask me, I'm still in my mind going, am I really choosing this? Am I really choosing this? Okay, I'm choosing it. My my number four is going to be her performance as Veronica in Widows. That is my number four. Um, Widows, you know, uh, Steve McQueen, you know, directed and and co-wrote. It's not the best story-wise. I mean, it, it can get a little clunky. But the casting was great. The performances was great. And I did a rewatch of it recently. And you just can't deny Viola Davis's performance. You know, um, I mean, I'm sure people know. I mean, maybe they don't. Basically, you know, she is one of four, actually. Well, I'll say three this time. She's one of three widows whose husbands are into organized crime and something goes wrong and they all die and the widows are left to kind of pick up the pieces of their lives the problem is that someone owes someone money and now the widows are left to kind of clean up um the debris basically and viola davis uh she was married to liam neeson's character and I think she, Viola Davis has this thing, this way that she acts very subtly, but with her facial expressions and with her breathing. And it's just like, she doesn't even have to say a word and yet she's emoting so much. And there are specific scenes in that film where And I don't want to give it away for anybody who hasn't seen it, but there's specific scenes in that film where you're almost hanging, hanging on every breath she takes like she is, you know, where she's frightened or where she's, you know, certain realizations are sinking in and you're just kind of panting with her and kind of hanging on what her next move will be. And I think, I mean, she does that in so many films, but for me, that that's why Widows is my number four. I, I, 
you know, she just has a way of inviting you in kind of to, to the character story. And it, it makes it easy to invest in the story. And so even though the story veered a little to the left, you know, towards the end, um, her performance, along with everyone else's in there, really stood out to me. I am going to pass on this. It's a little higher on my list. Oh. So I cannot wait to talk about it when I get the, when I get the chance. I'm very excited to talk about. It. So my number four, even though I I have to preface this, I do like this particular film a lot. I don't love it as much as I wanted to, Uh-oh. but because her performance was like utterly incredible, I had to put this film on my list, and it is the film that finally garnered her her Oscar, and that's Fences. Um, I'm a big fan of movies based on plays. I love. I'm a big playhead. I love dialogue heavy films, films set in primarily one location and everything. I understand the whole criticism of people being like, this movie felt like a play. To be fair, this is based on a play. <laughs> yeah, right. And I know so. that sometimes <laughs> and I know that sometimes when you adapt someone from the stage and bring it to life on the screen, it may not translate as well. Some things do work better on stage than, than they do on screen. I totally get that. Yeah, there are some flaws with the way that this film is brought to life, but one thing that isn't a flaw is Viola's performance. So basically we have her and she's married to Denzel Washington. He was a former baseball player and, you know, he's in the midst of working not the best job and everything. And he has to deal with his son and all these other things. I've only seen this once. It's been a long time since I've seen this. I I haven't seen this movie, honestly, since it came out on Christmas back in 2016. I remember going with my parents and my sister to go see this on Christmas right after we had our Christmas dinner. We went to the movies as a little family, and then we watched this movie, and we were all just like, oh, my God, Viola Davis. She literally ate in this movie. (laughs) And the whole big monologue of her standing by her husband – it's not easy for me to admit that I've been standing in the same place for 18 years. And she just screams from the top of her lungs, well, I've been standing with you. And then like snot's coming down her nose. And it's just like, whoa, like, wow. Like, you're just like, oh my God, girl, you're, you're at an 11 right now. And it's great. It's great. But uh, no, she's absolutely incredible in this. She's like her performance literally shook me to the core and i mean there's also a major shout out to denzel as well he's also equally fantastic and the way that he directs this is really wonderful he really gets the best of his actors in this movie not just from himself and viola but everyone else surrounding them and i also really do have to commend denzel because directing yourself is a really interesting thing to do yeah because you're not sure if you're going to get a great performance but the fact that he was still able to get a great performance out of himself him being the director of this movie just comes to show how great of an actor he is and also i genuinely think that even though he hasn't directed a lot i do tend to like whenever he directs i really like his debut antoine fisher i think the great debaters is a very good movie mm-hmm. and i really like this as well i didn't see his most recent directorial album with um michael b jordan i haven't seen that one so i can't comment on if i like that one or not but i think fences is a really strong adaptation of a play from august wilson and fiddling enough this isn't the only august wilson play 
that was adapted into a film starring Viola Davis. We may talk about it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> we'll have to see. But, um, but I really do think that Fences is a solid out, and and Viola's performance is really incredible. Now, and I will pose this question to you. I'm not sure if it's on your list, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But I do think, and this is just my opinion, that. She should have been campaigned in lead. She is a co-lead with Denzel in this movie. Now, understandably so, it makes me wonder, would she have even won the Oscar had she been campaigned in lead? You know? Honestly, I have I, I have no idea. I really don't know. But I can't say. But she won anyway, and I'm happy that she won. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to really say you know about what? Fences that hasn't been said already. I I, I, lo- I love to, her in the movie, and I think the movie's great. And, um, yeah, for people that put the movie down because it's ba- it feels like a play, I, I don't I don't understand why people put that down, like put that as a fault of the movie. I think it's a great movie. And, yes, some play-turned movies don't work, but I think this is one of the better play-turned movies that I personally have seen. So... You know, going into you, is this a film that you're going to pass on or is this not in your list? So this is my number three. So technically I could just pick it up <laughs> from wherever you left Sweet. off. Um, Sweet. I just do want to say, though, when it comes to the Academy specifically, I always feel that a lot of times people get awarded. The people who get awarded definitely should have. But lately, it's never for the year that they win. <laughs> that they win, it's always like a different role that they should have won for, but they didn't get it that year. And so the next year, they get it and they deserve it. But it's just you know, it's like it's always like a kind of like a little puzzle. Um, you know, I think when you say should they have campaigned as lead. I think I felt that she was, well, she was obviously the lead female in, in that role. So that would have made sense. And we've seen, we've seen recently people campaign for lead with less, you know, we'll just say that. And um, so I definitely think she could have campaigned as lead. I don't, I don't remember what was up against. um, I mean, what, uh, who all was competing in that category for that year. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fences is a, a great film. I actually thought it was a good play adaptation, but I do also agree and see the side of if you're adapting it into a film, there should be more, hmm, maybe more of a landscape used, more wiggle room since you're now working out of the confines of a stage. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I put this as my number three because I really loved the juxtaposition of how the relationship between her and Denzel started in the beginning and how it changed at the end. And even when she was angry at, you know, what Denzel did, you can easily see that that anger was just stemming from hurt. And Hurt for Absolutely. hurt for um I mean as I mean as her character said in the film, kind of choosing to settle with this life with him and just choose to stick it out and kind of sacrifice 
or or um, forget about what she had hoped for it to be and just settled on meeting him where he is kind of and just sticking out this life with him. And even with that kind of low bar, he still couldn't meet that. And just kind of the devastation um, in that character um, was really what made me put it at number three. I just thought it was fantastic. And I'm a fan of of stage adaptations when done well. And I actually didn't mind that it looked like a play. I love plays and I, I call myself a, a a Broadway fan, although I've never had the... Uh, the finances to actually go to Broadway, but I, I know all the soundtracks and I, and I watch all the ones that ever stream and I watch them on YouTube and all of that. And I think too, it was really nice seeing it kind of mimic a stage because these are, you know, uh, trained actors who are also on the stage, you know, before, you know, Denzel's done Shakespeare and, and Viola's been on the stage before. And it, and I just think that um, it was kind of a nice marriage of that. Um, yeah. And I, I think it gave them each a lot of time to really uh, showcase their talents, but I really liked it because I liked how her character started, you know, the doting wife and just fun, but she still had a little edge on her, you know, give the boy the money, you know, just do it, you know, and he would do whatever she said, you know, all right, baby, you know, and he gives her his check and she, you know, pays the bills or whatever. And it just seemed so, it just seemed to work. And I think that that is what kind of went into that character's hurt too, because what they had wasn't perfect, but it worked and she was working with it. And then he, you know, with the tables at the end and it was not so great. And all that hurt just kind of flooding up, you know, it was really, it was really um, amazing to see her switch like that. Yeah. It's also important to note that Denzel and Viola actually starred in the production of Fences Mm -hmm. in 2010 and they both won Tony's for set production and then you know fast forward six years later denzel adapts the the play and then makes it into a film gets a lot of the actress that were from the exact same production to come back for the film and then viola won an oscar for a performance that she also won a tony for which i think is really cool yeah i i, I think that's kind of sick i i think it's really cool that that even happened and you know, Denzel was so lenient on getting a lot of actors that he had worked with, that he and Viola had worked with in the, on the stage. And then, obviously, a lot of these smaller, newer actors came in and everything. And, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's a really well-done film. Um, You know, it kind of came and went. People talked about it when it came out. You don't really hear people talking about it now, Um, which is kind of disappointing. Again, it's not, I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it's a very strong film in Viola's catalog. It's obviously not my favorite thing that she's been in, but you know, it being the film that she won an Oscar for, it definitely deserves a little more discussion for sure. And to answer your question about who ended up winning Best Actress that year, so Emma Stone won for La La Land mm. um, that year. So it's kind, it's kind of cool that two actors from The Help uh, yeah. took home Oscars that evening. Uh, the Help actually um, has a lot of Oscar-winning actors to their name, which is kind of crazy. Viola and Emma are two of them. Uh, Allison Janney is one. Uh, Jessica Chastain is another. 
Oscar winning actor from the hell, it's kind of crazy. I wonder who's going to be the next Oscar act. Uh, Octavia Spencer obviously won the Oscar for the hell. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious to know who's going to be the next actor from the help to win an Oscar. It could be Bryce Dallas Howard. I don't know. We'll have to see. It could but, be. It could be. Maybe for it, directing. It, 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 maybe for directing. Let's get her to direct a Star Wars film, and then it could be the first Star Wars film to win Best Director of the Oscars. I'm not even going to tell you my truth on this podcast because too many people might listen. Actually, I've already said it, so I just need to rip the Band-Aid off. I've never seen anything Star Wars. Hey, listen, that's totally fine. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, honestly, Star Wars, I, I love Star Wars, but it's definitely not my favorite franchise of all time. I'm sorry to anyone listening that is a huge Star Wars fan, but um, no, nah, she's she's a very talented um director. She's very, very good at what she does. Um, But yeah, so Fences is my number four. It's your number three. And my number three, we're going to go from one August Wilson adaptation to another one. I'm going to go with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as my number three. Mm. I loved this film so much. I was really blown away by it. Uh, 90 minute runtime. And it's definitely not the fastest moving movie. <laughs> I know there were some people that kind of complained about the pacing of it, but honestly, I think it really adds to the emotional heft and the, messages that are being conveyed within the film i think it really adds a lot because i think if this film were rushed the entire impact would not have landed the way it did so i credit george c wolf for how he brought this to life and everything and um you know as just for a split second we're gonna step away from talking about viola because you can't talk about this movie without talking about chadwick boseman um Obviously, like the rest of the world, I was very heartbroken by his sudden and tragic passing. I I was a big fan of Chadwick. I I really thought that he had the potential. I mean, he was a great actor, but I was really hoping that more people would recognize him and everything. And then obviously when he became Black Panther, everybody was starting to know who Chadwick Boseman was. And then he was given this opportunity to act in a film alongside the queen herself, Viola Davis. And he got all these accolades for them. He was almost, he almost won an Oscar for this film. And this film wouldn't be, Viola wouldn't be who she is in this film without having Chadwick by her side. Like they work off each other so incredibly well. Obviously there's many scenes where they're not together, but the sequences where they are together, it's, actual literal magic and it's chemistry like that that you don't really see in films that much anymore you watch and you go wow these aren't actors i feel like i'm watching these people like i feel like i'm watching people not just actors act their heart out and i love i I love the movie so much and viola is (laughs) she's unbelievably good here i you know when i saw images of her with all that makeup and everything i i was a little worried i'm not gonna lie i'm like i don't i don't know how i feel because i get a little worried sometimes whenever i see actors covered in a lot of makeup i'm like is it gonna distract me from the performance and honestly it did not the first after the first minute i was completely into the performance and it is one of her best performances to date. She is so good as Ma Rainey. She disappears into the role. 
She's so over the top. She is so fun. But then there's also the moments where it's very quiet. And those moments really got to me and moved me. And again, there were some criticisms here that were similar to the criticisms of Fences where it felt like a play and everything. Now, granted, this was entirely in one location. This was set during one day. It wasn't like Fences was set over the course of a couple of days, even a couple of years. This was pretty much set during one day where right. recording session was happening. And honestly, for me, I thought it was riveting from start to finish. And the performances definitely had a major part to do with that. I mean, I, I really, I, Viola was incredible and Chadwick was, it was a very heartbreaking performance to watch. Even like separating what happened to him, because obviously when this movie came out, he he had already passed away, but you could just tell that, I mean, you had already seen Viola give performances where she poured her heart out. She obviously already had an Oscar at that point, but we hadn't seen the side of Chadwick before. And it was, you know, heartbreaking to watch, not only because he wasn't with us anymore, but you could just tell that he was literally given it his all yeah. in every single scene. And there were monologues where he would just scream from the top of his lungs. And it was hard to watch because it's like, you know that when he was making this movie, he was sick, and it it was really devastating to watch. And I mean, you want to talk about a great send off for an actor? I mean, I I don't think it gets any better than this. Like this was a great way to um, you know, this was a great final performance from him. And then Viola, of course, was unbelievable. But also, shout out to. Coma Domingo, who's literally a cane right now. He's on fire right now. He's always great anytime he's in anything. And then um, Glenn Turman, he's awesome in this as well. Michael Potts. Yes, yeah. The co- the costumes are next level. The makeup is extraordinary. Both of those won Oscars. The screenplay, I think, is really incredible. And the fact that that wasn't even nominated is really saying a lot because this is a talking heavy movie. And the fact that it wasn't even recognized for its screenplay is really disappointing to me. But there was a point where I thought both of these actors were going to win Oscar. At Chadwick, I thought was, I, I thought he was a shoo-in to win Best Actor. And honestly, as happy as I was for Anthony Hopkins to win for The Father, because that might have been the best acting that he's ever done, I wouldn't have been angry if Chadwick won either. And it's not like I would only – some people think that people would have only awarded Chadwick because, you know, he's no longer with us and anything. But – even pushing that aside, if Chadwick was still here, I think he still would have had a lot of um, potential to win the Oscar. He was that close to winning. He won the Globe. He won the SAG. He won many awards prior to this. And same with Viola. Viola was winning a lot of awards as well. There could have been an argument made that maybe she could have walked away with her second Oscar and her first Best Actress win for this film. But, you know, unfortunately that didn't happen. So... But in my head, I would have been very happy if either of them won Oscars. It's a really great film. Absolutely. Um, it's 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 not one that I could watch over and over again, if I'm being honest. It's definitely one that I could pop on every couple of years. It has been three years since this movie's come out, and I've only seen it the one time when it dropped on Netflix and everything. But, yeah, it's a great film. It was one of the best films of 2020, and Viola was unbelievable. And it could have been a performance that was so goofy and over the top where it was like, 
oh, it really takes you out of the movie, but if anything, it keeps you compelled with the movie. It keeps you invested in the movie because it's Viola Davis giving it her all and Chadwick Boseman acting his heart out. I love, love, love this movie. I'm going to assume that this is in your list, so... It is not. I'm not going to add... Oh. Let me tell you why. Let me just tell... Just everyone relax. Everyone holster your weapons. Okay, let me tell you why. (laughs) I, oh my god! I'm 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 literally, I'm literally falling <laughs> off my chair right now. <laughs> I love I loved this movie. Um, I also did not feel that it was slow at all, but for me, I felt like it was more of Chadwick's film than Viola's, and I loved Viola's performance in this film. Um, loved it c- completely. I just when I think of it, I think of Chadwick first and I even think of a little bit of Coleman first because of you know the the conversations that they had you know in the film and and in those like monologue scenes um yeah and it's it wasn't I liked it it wasn't quite what I was expecting when I first saw it um but yeah no it's I told you first that this was really 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 hard (laughs) but yeah it was I was going back and forth on it going back and forth on it but then I I part of how I chose mine, my films was also like rewatchability and like, you know, how often I've kind of thought about these movies or how often these films have kind of resurfaced in like film conversations. And, you know, when, you know, top of mind, when you think Viola Davis, what do you think of? And I do agree that this character stood out, but I also feel like I didn't get enough of the character either in the film. Um right. So that's the only reason why I did not put it on my list. Everyone forgive me. <laughs> that's that, honestly that's a very valid point. Even though the movie's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, you're right. It is more focused on Chadwick's character, and yeah, I mean, I'll never forget when I did watch this for the first time. After like, I don't know if it was the first or second monologue, but. I had to pause the movie because I, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching it, I I got really sad because I was watching this movie and seeing this performance and just being like, wow, we really lost a great performer yeah. way too soon. And I mean that if you want to talk about not to go off topic for too long but if you want to talk about sad saddest celebrity deaths and at least in my lifetime that's definitely one of them for me yeah. because i mean one the shock the shock factor obviously paid a huge part in it, but also because like i feel like he was just at that point where finally people were starting to know who he was yeah and i and, i think too it's a, it's oh. very generational too because like you said um, you know, shocking celebrity deaths of your time. Like this is someone who wasn't like someone that like our parents grew up with, or you know, someone that we you know has been in the you know it's not like um someone who's you know been in the industry for eighty years and now oh no you know this is someone like you said was you know in their prime and just stood for so many things both on and off the screen, you know genuinely liked across the board you know from everyone you know we were all loving what we were seeing from Chadwick Boseman we loved you know everything that was coming up we you know loved you know it was just 
it was so his time. And it it was also very shocking too, because, you know, we know that his appearance changed a bit and people, like you said earlier, online can be very cruel and very rude. And people were making those comments about his appearance, you know, not knowing the struggle that he was living with and how he was still working during all of that. Um, it's a massive blow. And like, even thinking about it now, it, it still stirs, you know, the emotions. And, um, yeah, and, and I think that's for me why, like, it was hard to watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and why it's not something that I can just rewatch, you know? Like, I, I haven't even rewatched Black Panther, to be quite honest. I just don't, yeah. it's just hard because those were like, these were like his, you know, his, his, he was getting his stride, you know, he was, he was, if he were still here today, he would be probably one of the top, you know, of that generation for sure. Um, and just gone too soon, you know, and um, it's really Seriously. sad, really sad. But yeah, I, I agree completely. Yeah, I mean, you watch Mom Ray's Black Bottom for those two performances and you really are just going to be like, you're not even going to know how to process what you had just watched for the last 90 minutes. It's really extraordinary work. Uh, if anyone out there has not seen this film, it is on Netflix, so please do check it out. Um, it is worth a watch, absolutely, hands down. So now our top two, um, I definitely feel like we have one film in common, for <laughs> sure. Um, I, I, I would be very, very, very surprised if this film that I'm hinting at is not in your top two. Because if it's not on your list, I'd be like, well, maybe she either hasn't seen it or she just doesn't <laughs> no, like don't, it that much. No, don't set like, me up like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when you th when you think of Viola Davis and you think about the incredible work that she has pumped out, oh this is in contention for maybe the best work she's ever done. So, And obviously, I passed on the film that you talked about before, too, as well. So now going into our top two, I would just love for you to reveal what your second favorite Viola Davis film of all time is. Air. Whoa. <laughs> well, you said, well, no, not, not, you didn't say favorite Viola Davis film. You said performance. So performance, I will say, I liked her in Air. And I know, I know the film that you have on your list that you're alluding to and I will have an explanation for that as well um but yeah I really liked her in air I liked her being able to be laid back and chill if that makes sense you know I think that for me Viola Davis demonstrating strength that's very easy for her in my opinion um and I like, you know, and, and I hate to bring it up again. Well, I don't hate to actually, but I like, you know, when black women, specifically darker skinned black women, don't have to demonstrate the strength part and can be relaxed. And I loved that character for her as Jordan's mother, you know, and just she's just looking out for her son and, and you know, um, wants what's best for him and was just a very uh soft yet still powerful role 
Um, and I, I just, I really enjoyed her in air. You know, I <laughs> right. loved air too. Don't be stunned to silence. I mean, I'm not even talking no, no. about like the film in like a whole. I'm just saying, I mean, I did like the film, not, not going to lie. But I no. just like, no, um, I, I, you know, I, I yeah. It's very no, easy it was, to honestly, for me. No, it was an awesome performance. It was an awesome performance. And anyone out there that's like, well, Viola didn't do anything special in that movie. I'm like, are you on crack? <laughs> she was awesome in the movie. She was great. Yeah. And and she's great in everything. And I know, I, I, I don't even have to, I know the film you're talking about. I know the film you're talking about. But for me, it's like, I I know that that side exists. I know that that's like a hundred ten ten across the board right. all the time. It's it's yeah. the it's the not so it's the not so common ways in which we get to see people that I like a lot more. If that makes sense, absolutely. No, absolutely. It absolutely makes sense. And you know what? It's a great pick. It really is because if you're talking specifically about performances, that's a great Viola Davis performance. And like you said, she's great in everything, but. I mean, that is a genuinely great performance. And yeah, what I love so much about that particular performance is how <laughs> when that movie was being made and, you know, Ben Affleck was talking to Michael Jordan about his approval because he only wanted to make the movie if Michael Jordan approved. He didn't care about Nike's approval or any of the other people's approval. All he cared about was Michael Jordan's approval. So then when he talked to Michael Jordan and got his approval, he basically said, one other thing that I want, I want Viola Davis to play my mom. And I'm like, well, who wouldn't want Viola Davis to play their mom? I want Viola Davis to play my mom. <laughs> like, right. I, I, I would love, like, I mean, come on. Like, she is great. No, but honestly, like, it's kind of disappointing, too, that Air came out so early in the year because now nobody's really talking about it anymore. And I still think it's one of yeah. the better films that we've gotten this year. And I know that Same. it's a very cheesy, feel-good, inspirational film, but it, like, it genuinely is like a really interesting story, and it's well-directed, and the screenplay was yeah. from a first-time writer, and I think the script was great, and I think all the acting was really wonderful, too. And yeah, Viola was the MVP of the performances, for sure. And I also really love how her husband played uh, Michael Jordan's father. I thought that was really cool that she got to work with her real life husband he, to play her on screen husband. Yes, you know what? You know what's funny is when I was going back and just doing some quick re rewatches and just right, you know, kind of um, getting familiar with her filmography again. Her husband is in a lot of things, a lot of things with her. Like I was watching, I think, um, a film called Custody and. He's like the bailiff handing her papers. And then I was watching Widows and he's like the guy that like lives in the neighborhood that like helps her with her kid. And it's like, oh, I mean, that's, I mean, oh, I'm, that's I'm down right. for it. Like put your man in your stuff, You're put, get those checks in the household, you know, for sure. I think that's great. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I always love it whenever an actor gets to bring on their, uh, spouse and, or their significant other into their films and then it just works it just feels so natural I yeah I love I love that movie and I love that performance um yeah it's it's great I I don't care what anyone says oh it's cheesy and everything well what's wrong with cheese we deserve some cheese in our lives 
it's great. Yeah, everything. Yeah, we can't all be, you know, guns blazing, you know, monsters in the air or whatever. Like we just we need some feel good moments. Yeah, and also as a guy who loves eighties music, that movie literally had every single one of my favorite eighties songs ever. In one oh film. yeah, that soundtrack was, like, was fire. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like Ben Affleck, you fucking rock for the soundtrack that you picked <laughs> for this movie. Oh God, I love it. Also, shout out to Jason Bateman's very long hair. I think he rocks the really long hair. <laughs> yes, and shout out to Chris to Tucker. Shout out to Chris Tucker oh, Chris too, Tuck- who Ben Affleck. Um, you know, complimented and said is an actually really amazing writer. And so hopefully we'll get more of that soon from Chris Tucker. Oh, yeah. hundred. Oh, I would love that. Would love that tremendously. So that's your number two pick. And my number two is the woman King. That's my mm-hmm. number two. Um, I have so much to say about this film and I'm so angry at myself. First of all, for not seeing this when it came out in theaters, unfortunately it came out at a time where I was just so slammed with film festivals and I just didn't have time to watch anything that wasn't affiliated with the film festivals that I was attending at the time. And by the time that I had free time to see anything, this movie was gone. Nobody went to go see it, which honestly is really messed up in my opinion. And the criticisms for this movie really irked me. And I hadn't even seen the movie at that point. So I told myself that as soon as this comes to streaming and what have you, I was going to watch it. And as soon as it came to streaming, actually, I rented this movie. Usually, I don't like to rent things. I like to watch things on streaming and find a way of watching it. But this one, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pay the $10, and I'm going to watch this movie because I wanted to see this movie. And I heard the movie was good, and it looks good. And I thought the movie was really fucking great. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome that we got a story like this brought to life on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the coolest – it's not even your conventional action movie, but it's one of the coolest ones that we've gotten in recent memory. Gina Prince-Bythewood did an incredible Amazing. job helming this. Amazing. Like, yeah. I, I thought to myself, I'm like, man, for someone who really hasn't directed a lot of action – I mean, she. it feels like she's been directing action for a long time. I mean, prior to this, she made The Old Guard, which I think is a very underrated film. It is. I actually it really is, like yeah. I, I enjoyed that film a lot. But, you know, when you think of someone directing a film like The Woman Carrier, The Old Guard, you would never think it's the same person who directed Love at Basketball or The Secret <laughs> Life of Bees or right. Beyond the Lights. You would never think that at all. Mm-hmm. But you watch this film. It is, you know, set in the 1820s and... It follows an all-female warrior unit that protected the uh, a West African kingdom during the 17th to 19th centuries. And it's just, you want to talk about films that you describe as so badass? This is very badass, but it's also a very compelling story. It's a great film for the masses to where you could be entertained watching these great action sequences, but you also could be compelled by the story that's being presented on screen. And Viola's performance, I mean, not just only with the physicality. The physicality, I mean, she like, it's a very transformative performance on her end, but it's also one of the best performances that she's ever given. And... She it she brings a motherly feel feeling to it. She brings a leadership to it, and it's a great performance. That honestly, I couldn't picture anyone else but her 
playing this character. And I love the entire ensemble around her. I thought everyone did a great job. I thought she worked off each other, worked off with everyone perfectly. I mean, I can't think of a um, a gripe with any of the cast in this film. I thought everyone did a great job. But I think the performance from her is great. The action is so unbelievable. It's some of the best action that I've seen in recent memory. And I'm a big action movie guy. And again, this isn't your conventional action movie. This isn't like a John Wick or Mission Impossible or even an old guard. This is very different. This is a historical action film. And it rocked. It rocked. I didn't feel an ounce of fat at all. I thought it flew by. I could have watched more with these characters and everything. But the thing that really irks me is how – so, again, I know awards don't matter and everything, but yeah. let me just paint it. No, yeah, paint it because was- this is probably exactly why I wiped this film from my memory because of what you're about to say right now. So, so like, again, I know awards don't matter and everything. You could love something with it being an award-winning film and what have you. But the fact that Viola got nominated literally everywhere for this movie – and then she missed the Oscar five is honestly really disgusted me. And considering the performances that made it in, it just really bothers me. Now, would she have won the Oscar if she was nominated? Honestly, no. That was the Cape Blanchett, Michelle Yeoh, yeah. Rivalry. And honestly, if I if either of them won, I would have been fine with it. But I think it's great that they awarded Michelle Yeoh for what she brought to everything everywhere of course of her course career as a whole and everything but to your point but, though brian but to your point but she should she should she should have been nominated wait. for this because this this is a great performance like how do you not nominate? but not only this? that brian you have to go a step further it got no noms the film got no, no noms. noms we're talking no director wait. no picture no s- s- choreography no no cinematography no costume no, costume, no we're talking it got nada no editing any it got it got completely snubbed and that might be why i've wiped it from my memory i love the woman king i've watched it more than once i was never bored i was completely zoned in and like you i missed it in in theaters and i was so upset because it's like oh i want to watch it on a big screen you know but when i but when i watched it even on my tiny screen it was just i was so captivated by the story and I think for me, Viola Davis was amazing in that film, by the way. She was amazing. She was strong. She was sexy. She was, like you said, that um, motherly, that champion, that can warrior. About, can, can, can we talk about briefly? Like, she is sexy in this Oh, movie. my gosh. And the dancing at the end. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, Viola. Yes. Like, so, kid can't see my camera right now, but, like, my <laughs> hand is, like, on my chest because I just, like, I was watching the movie and just being, like, Oh my God, this is too much for me, the process. Yes, it was It was great. For me, though, I think the reason why I didn't choose The Woman King, um, one, I felt like it was an obvious, like, like it's an obvious, like, first place holder kind of thing. But also, too, right. because I was also still very hurt over that snubbing um, mm-hmm. of everything. And I also, for me, the performance that stood out in that film was Lashana Lynch. Oh my God. Where was her nomination for supporting actress? <sighs> Brian, I can't, I, oh, I can't, I can't even. It's, you know, and the thing is awards don't matter when it comes to creating art and having people 
appreciate it, right? But I think right. what the right. reason why that mattered here is because in the industry, awards are acknowledgement. And even if you don't win, the nomination is an acknowledgement of the work that was done of this finished product that you presented to the world. And the fact that that film, as amazing as it was, I mean, from casting to, you know, to everything, right? You can tell Gina did her due diligence in, in, in studying and making sure things were accurate and really taking her time. Like you said, her filmography is not, you know, filled with all these action films. And to see that finished product and to look and it get, and it get, like you said, it get acknowledged by all of these other ceremonies and to be completely snubbed, especially in a time where diversity and inclusion is a continued topic, not just ethnicity, but, but, you know, gender identity and thing and you know, across the board, it's like, wow. Absolutely. It's like, wow. You guys really just said, we don't care. Wild. Yeah. Wild. It's, it's absolutely wild. And, you know, also in that same year, you know, last year, not only did they not nominate Viola, but another actor and performer that should have gotten recognized was Danielle Deadwire for Till. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh, I can't. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, not to get into a whole tangent about the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, but it's, just, but like, yeah, it's very noticeable. It's, it's, it's like you're not even being, you're not even being sneaky about it. It's not even like, well, maybe they, it's like very deliberate. And it, mm-hmm. it, to, it, you know, in a way that, you know, nobody can, you know, we just can't ignore it. And, uh, but yeah, and, but The Woman King for sure, that film should have been nominated, could have been nominated in so many categories and to be nominated for nothing was almost like a, like a message. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, that was, that was oh, wild. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. It's absolutely as a nine that that even happened. It should have gotten nominated for, honestly, I could have nominated for probably at least like five awards. I'm not saying it had to win everything, but it should have been nominated. A nomination would have been a win in its own regard. So the fact that it didn't get recognized for anything is really, really sickening. But we're not going to talk too much about it because we want to be uplifted on this podcast. (laughs) And we want to talk about why our number ones are our number ones. So obviously, since you said the Woman King is not in your top five, I have no idea what your number one is. I, I, I really have no idea what it could be. I think I have an idea, but I don't want to guess. So I'm just going to let you tell the audience what your number one is. Okay. My number one Viola Davis performance is, is her and Lila and Eve. I know it's probably a shocker. Um, I really liked her in Lila and Eve. It's not like, oh, it's just so amazing film, you know, Academy Award. It's not like that. Um, but I enjoyed watching her character um, explore grief in that role. And... You, I want to give it away for people who haven't seen it, but it stars her and Jennifer Lopez. And, you know, her son was killed 
And basically she is having a hard time, you know, as expected, uh, dealing with the loss of her son. And she goes to group and she meets uh, Jennifer Lopez's character at group. And Jennifer Lopez's character basically um, kind of serves as like a, I don't know, I guess they are kind of kindred in that they, it's not just that they want to accept what happens. They kind of want revenge for who took, you know, their children, basically. And she kind of starts on her own investigation to figure out who uh, murdered her son. And that takes it, you know, down a different road. But just the stages of grief that her character goes through. And it all leads up to this ending scene that just pulled the tears out of my eyes. And that is why uh, it is my number one Viola Davis uh, performance. I have not seen that film, so I unfortunately cannot comment on <laughs> on it. Um, but Viola and J J Lo, yeah. oh, what a combination! Yeah, what a combination! I mean, I wish they would combine again on a different film with maybe a stronger story. Um, but can we get can we get Ben Affleck to direct the two of them? Oh, I bet can that'd be that fire! Happening? I oh, that would be fire! That'd be really good. Um, because you know Ben, I like I like Ben's direction um, personally. So do I. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But and he's mar- and he and he, and he's married to Jane. Yeah, like so. you should be like get on set, okay? You know, like when you leave the house and. <laughs> but yeah, so I really like that performance, and you know, it's it's one of those films that I can that I go back to often when I am thinking about Viola Davis. It's it's a performance that kind of really sticks out in my mind. I guess someone would call it a deep cut, um, but I really really enjoyed it, and I think that for me, it doesn't have a whole lot of extra people. I mean, there's people in the film, you know, but it's really a lot of Viola specifically. And right. And I think that's why it sticks out in my mind a lot. Um, yeah. And I just, I really, that, that final scene, it, I was rewatching, like I said, and kind of going through different roles. And I even watched, um, well, I'll say some other films I watched and thought about. I, we can do honorable mentions afterwards. But, you know, I was looking at the list and I just, that, her performance in that film really stands out to me. I mean, they all do, but that one, that final scene, you know, when you watch something and you have like a physical response, I mean, I think that that's what every, um, actor or director or screenwriter, you know, want, they want to create that, you know, that connection between the person watching and what they're seeing on screen. They want people to be so invested that it does make you laugh or cry or, you know, cheer, you know, and that's what, uh, that film, that performance did to me. Right. No, I, I think it's cool that you pitch someone that's definitely out of the norm. When people talk about their favorite Viola Davis films or performances, that's definitely not one that comes up frequently. So it's definitely nice to be steering the way from the cliche picks and picking someone that you feel is something that means a lot to you and something that really left quite an impact on you. So I commend that 
tremendously. I really do. I think it's awesome whenever I have a guest on and they pick someone that's very much out of left field. <laughs> this is always fun to throw some surprises around. Meanwhile, I over here am picking a very cliched pick as my number one. Um, so as you can tell, my number one is Widows. That's my favorite Viola Davis nice. film. I also think it might be my favorite performance that she's ever given. Uh, I mean, not to repeat everything that you said, I I love Steve McQueen so much. I think he is, even though he is, he's an Oscar-winning filmmaker. He's very respected and everything. I consider him a very underrated filmmaker. Obviously, he's made some of the most celebrated films of the past uh, couple of years, but he doesn't really get talked about as much as he should. Yes, he hasn't made as many films as other filmmakers, but the work that he does is really extraordinary. Uh, Hunger is fantastic. Shame, oh my god. Shame is one of my favorite films of all time. 12 Years a Slave is incredible. This is wonderful. And then the small act series that he did was really impressive. Um, I haven't seen his new documentary that's coming out. Um, I forgot what it's called. Occupied City. I I'm excited to see that when it comes out, even if it's four hours long, <laughs> um, a four hour long documentary could definitely be a little off putting to me, but it's Steve McQueen. So I trust him and he's making a film with Saoirse Ronan. And I mean, who doesn't want to see a film with them two working together? I think that's just such a cool pair, but widows, let's talk about widows. Um, very out of the norm for Steve McQueen. This definitely wasn't the film that I anticipated him making following 12 Years a Slave. I'm definitely glad that he made something more uplifting <laughs> after 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. Um, because um, 12 Years a Slave, as incredible as it is, it's obviously one of the hardest films. It's one of the hardest films that I've ever watched. Um, I really think it's incredible. It's masterclass across the board. I can't think of any problems I have with the movie, but you know, to follow up that with an action thriller movie is really, really cool. And, you know, um, I hate that this movie was so mainstream, but nobody went to go see it. Mm. Nobody yeah, went to go yeah, see I it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And it, it's so crazy to me because we live in a time where we get so many heist movies and everything. In 2018, I remember we had a few heist movies. We had Ocean's Aids, we had American Animals, and then we had this. And this was like a genuinely, not only a great heist movie, but this was a great movie, period. And something interesting to point out is that critics credited this movie for blending dramatic themes with popcorn films. This is a popcorn film when you really think about it, but it's also a film that has heft to it. Mm -hmm. It has emotional heft to it. And it's so thrilling. You're on the edge of your seat the entire time. I mean, the way that the film opens up and obviously what happens with all these husbands and everything is so incredibly shocking and devastating. Then these widows are taking over their jobs and everything, trying to get all this money. And it's so it's so badass and everything. I it's been so long since I've seen this. I wanted to rewatch this. Um before I um, hopped onto this podcast with you and everything, but I, I mean, it's so incredible. It really is such an incredible film. And I think McQueen's direction is unbelievable. The high sequences are so well done. They're so incredible. And then, 
the screenplay, which he co-wrote with Julian Flynn, who's best known for penning the screenplay for Gone Girl as well as writing the book for it. And this was based on a TV show. Oh, wow. This was literally based on a series that aired in the 80s in England. And then he adapted to modern-day Chicago and then how these women have to steal $5 million to pay a politician and or pay a crime boss and then steal it from a politician. And, you know, you talked a bit about the cast in this film. I mean, where was the SAG nomination for Best Ensemble for this cast? I'm telling because, you. I, I rewatched like, it recently, and I was like, I'm sorry, is that is that Colin Farrell? I was like, I'm sorry, is that Brian Tyree Henry? Let, <laughs> like, what is happening? Let me Let me... Let me go through this cast. So we have Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki, Cynthia Erivo, Colin Farrell, Brian Tyree Henry, Daniel Kaluuya, Jackie Weaver, Carrie Coon, Liam Neeson, Robert Duvall. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Like, yeah. When I saw Robert Duvall, what? I was like, wait a minute. He's in this too. Like, I had seen it before. You know, but rewatching it, you're like, wow, they had a banger of a cast. And to your point, Brian... When you were like, you know, where were the awards and stuff? Because when I I asked on a Spaces recently um, on Twitter, aka X, and I asked, I, I was saying, yeah, I have to talk about, you know, go through like, you know, you know, Viola's favorite, you know, my favorite roles of Viola Davis. Almost everyone said Widows. Almost everyone loved that film. So I, I, oh my I, god. I don't understand. It's 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 just too good, and her performance is like, it's so badass. It's similar to, um, a woman Kane, such a badass performance. There's literally a monologue where, um, she's just talking to her gang, and she's like, "Now the best thing we have going for us is being who we are." And one of them's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Because nobody thinks we have the balls to pull this off." Like. Yeah, it's just so like the fist pumps in the air. It's like wow, this is just so so sick. And also, without spoiling the movie, I it's five years old, and I know a lot of people haven't seen it. The twist that happens later on in this movie regarding a certain character. Yeah. Um, when I saw the movie in the theater, the gas it took me like five seconds to realize who this person was. I'm just sitting in my seat. And the loudest gas just came from me. Mm-hmm. And I was looking around, and I'm like, all right, no one's gasping this loud. I feel so embarrassed <laughs> right now. But, you um, know, I, it's that scene. but No, it's that scene before, Brian. It's that scene before, and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. But it's that mm-hmm. scene before with the dog. When oh. Viola, in that, that moment of Viola, and just, like, it's like you can, I mean, and even though she's acting, it's like, the, you can see the character's thought process in that moment. That, like, wait a minute. And just kind of processing and then, oh, oof, that was such a good, that was such a good moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's too good. It's too good. And also, you know, I again, not to take the spotlight away from Viola, but just for a split second, um... I tweeted out very recently that this film should have gotten nominations for like at least eight categories. And I wrote down a whole bunch of them. Uh, it should have been nominated for Best Picture. Seba Queen should have gotten a director nom. Should have been nominated for Adapted Screenplay. Viola for Best Actress. Film Editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinematography. 
Hans Zimmer's score kicks so much ass in uh, this yeah. movie. It's an awesome score from him. Mm-hmm. And the biggest robbery of this film was that Daniel yes. Kulu was not nominated for Sporn Yes, actor. yes, exactly, exactly. Because that scene in the Bowen Alley oh my gosh. has never left my brain. Oh, from the moment I saw the movie, it's like, oh, that's the scene for you. What about you not no, that's the scene for you. How about the basketball gym? Oh, you know what? That's the scene. I, I mixed up. No, I mixed up the no, two sports. No, menus. but both of those scenes, even the bowling alley, that's still like. Whew. And I'll be honest, Daniel Kalua is a very humble dude in real life. I was terrified to watch him in anything after this movie for a while because you you know that shot of where he's like uh, close to that guy's face and then he's just like so in yes. his face. Yes. Like, it's like up close. I'm just like, oh my God. And this was right after he got his Oscar nomination for Get Out. And then obviously a few years later, he finally won an Oscar for Judas and the Black Messiah. And, and I mean, talk about a great career for yeah. him. He's, he's one of the best of his generation working today. But. Yeah, I mean, everyone kicks so much ass in this movie. And honestly, Michelle Rodriguez surprised me, too, because, I, I, look, I have a soft spot for the Fast and Furious movies and everything, but, you know, I never watched a movie and went, oh, Michelle Rodriguez gave a great performance. Yeah, and she was... Michelle Rodriguez was great. She was so vulnerable. She was was so vulnerable. And that's that's what, you know, what I'm talking about. Like, we see, you know, these, these, um, these, you know, actors... um, when they have like a history of like taking on these strong and powerful roles, always great, mm-hmm. but it's so nice to see them be a different way. Like she's always kicking butt in Fast and Furious. She's hardcore in Fast and Furious, but seeing her vulnerable in, in this film was really, really nice. It's a really nice treat. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so great. I love the movie so much. I don't understand why people don't talk about this. I don't understand why most people haven't seen this. I I just wish that this got more recognition because it's something for the masses. It's something that anyone can honestly really enjoy. It's a freaking heist movie with some of the coolest actors working today. It's directed by someone who can actually direct, and it has a great emotional core to yeah. it. It's so great, and it's like, how are people? And people constantly complain about how uh, there's no originality in Hollywood. Oh my god, everything in Hollywood is just boom, boom, explosions and car chases and flying and superheroes and everything. And I'm like, well, why don't you shut your brains off for five seconds and actually pay attention to what else yeah. is out there? And then you can see a film like Widows, and you'll be like, oh my god, I saw God tonight, and her name is <laughs> Davis and Widows. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, people who say that there's no originality in Hollywood, they don't watch enough films across the board. And I'm including independence really too. Like if you only watch what hits, you know, wide release in theaters, then you'll, you, yeah, I can understand you saying that because you're missing out on so many yeah. hidden gems. You're missing out on so many short films. You're missing out on international films, you know, so... Yeah, I I think this is definitely one that has that is extremely underrated. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's great. It's such a great film. Man, I'm due for a rewatch. I'm so due for a rewatch. Oh my god, I just realized. So, we're recording this episode on November 15th. Tomorrow November 16th is the 5-year anniversary of this movie. <gasps> Look at us. 
Look at us. Look at you. Talk about perfect okay? timing. Okay. Talk about perfect timing. That was not planned, just to let you know. That was not planned. <laughs> wow. I'm going to mark that down. Oh, Anniversary man. of Widows. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? Tomorrow I may have to watch Widows yeah. again. I may just have to do it. I may just have to do it. I may have to do it. Yeah, no, but Widows is my number one. I love the movie so much. And I'm so glad that I finally got the opportunity to talk about it on this podcast. And I'm glad it's my number one. And I'm glad that you had it on your list as yes. well. Yes. Yes, I love that movie. It's, it's just so good. It's so, so good. So now we're just going to recap our, our five through one. And then we're going to talk about some honorable mentions before we get into talking about some of the upcoming projects in Viola's catalog. So... Kit, what is your list from five to one? All right, from five to one, and I'm trying to remember this. My number five was Troop Zero. My number four was Widows. My number three was Fences. My number two was Air. And my number one was Lila and Eve. And to recap, my list coming out at number five is The Suicide Squad. Number four is Fences. Number three, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Number two, The Woman King. And number one, Widows. So that is over our list. So let's talk about some films and performances that didn't make the cut. So what are some performances and films that you want to give a shout out to that didn't crack your top five? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to a role in Beautiful Creatures, the film that never gave us a sequel. And I'm still very upset about that. Um, you know, it was, it was a smaller role, but it was still, you know, still co-starring, um, in that film. I, I really enjoyed her there and I always enjoy seeing, um, color in, <laughs> in sci-fi, um, and adventure mm-hmm. and fantasy. Um, another honorable mention is some people maybe do not know, but in the Lifetime Fantasia Barino story, she played Fantasia's mom and that was actually a really good role, too. Um, and I almost put it down, but, I mean, other films, other performances, you know, were better to me. But, yes, Fantasia played herself um, in that film, too. And so they're singing and, you know, um, kind of – it's actually one of Lifetime's better, you know, films, if I, I do say so myself. Um, but, yeah, she played Fantasia's mom in that, and I thought she uh, was great. Okay. Okay. Good picks. Good picks. Um, for me, I know we talked about this off air, but how great is she in doubt? She's so great in that movie. Yeah. I mean, and and, it, and she comes in. It's so funny. I was watching it, and I was like, "When does when does Ryan Davis come in? <laughs> like, when is she coming in? I've been watching this for so long, and she comes in kind of later, but she still comes in as a force, and to be a force when in a scene with Meryl Streep. You know, I think she and Meryl are very complimentary in, um, you know, obviously talent, both icons, you know, talent and and uh, acting chops, as my, as my dad would say. And so I, I would really like to see them do a film together um, now. But like, I don't know. How do, I don't even know what it, what it would be, you know? Like I... I see her character in like the Devil Wears Prada. I see like the Devil's Wear Devil Wears Prada character for Meryl, not completely like that character, but like I'm visually seeing it. And then like Annalise Keating, and then but then they're together in a film, you know, like oh that'd be so cool. That'd be so sick. Yeah. 
That'd be awesome. Uh, but Doubt is great. I, I love that movie, and I love her performance. And I think it's cool that even though she was on screen for such a little amount of time, she garnered an Oscar nomination. I think that's pretty mm-hmm, sick. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, uh, even though she's not a big part of this movie, this is one of my favorite films of the past 15 years, and that's Prisoners. I knew you were going to say that. How did I know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Love, love, love Prisoners. Um. She plays the wife of Terrence Howard in the movie. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, Viola doesn't have as much to do in this movie as I wish she did. But I really hope that, I mean, if you want to talk about a filmmaker that I hope she works with again, I think Denis Villeneuve could give her a great role to, like, headline a film. I think they could work off each other again really, really well. And I hope that they do work with each other again in the future. Yeah, Prisoners is exceptional. It's so great. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I mean, she also uh, was in not a huge role, but I also liked her in Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. Yes, yes, she played the mayor in that movie. Yeah, and that's kind of like what we were talking about, where it's like she's been in so many things with so many people, but mm-hmm. there was a time where she went from smaller role to boom, starring Viola Davis, and we can. It's really cool right. to kind of watch that in her filmography yeah absolutely and i think the last thing that we should talk about is the other the only film that we haven't talked about where she garnered awards buzz and nominations for the help i know that the help has a lot of um there are a lot of people that love the help there are people that obviously don't like the help and everything i'm in the camp where i do like the help it's been a hot minute since i've seen the help it's been a long time since I watched it, but this was my introduction to Viola Davis. I remember watching this when it came out. I saw it with my parents. And this was really my introduction to a lot of the actors in this movie. I didn't know Viola Davis. I didn't know Octavia Spencer. And I'm thankful that this movie introduced me to the love of my life, Jessica Chastain. But, um, yeah, Viola is great in it. And it's funny because she lost the Oscar for this to her, um, the person that we were just talking about, Meryl Streep. Um, which is very, very fascinating. But yeah, I like the help. Um, I loved her in it. I thought she was great in it. And uh, But again, when isn't she great in something? But uh, yeah, I like the help, and I w- felt it would have been remiss of me to not give it a shout-out because regardless of how people feel about the movie, people do celebrate her performance in that film. So I felt like it would have been get- right to give it a shout-out. So um just briefly go through your thoughts on the help i mean i think i think two things can be true (laughs) i think that it can be true that she and everyone in that film is a great cast they all gave great performances that is definitely true um i think her performance yes was great the films i think that's a complicated you know, it was complicated when it came out. It's a complicated uh, thing right. because it didn't completely address or explore the racial themes of that day. And then it left us where we're like, now we're all going to be friends. Everything's okay. We made a book. Let's laugh. But it, it doesn't really work like that in life. Um, and I think one reason, you know, a lot of people also like don't really talk about it is because Viola doesn't 
care for the film. Um, I mean, she obviously appreciates the opportunity it afforded, but she regrets making it. And I can understand that too, but I can also understand why people think it is a great film. Like I remember I watched it and, and um, it had some, you know, definite funny moments and, and thing and like that. Um, Yeah. I just think it's, I think it's complicated because, you know, without the help, where would certain actors be? And I think it's okay to look back on something and say, yeah, I kind of, wasn't wasn't you know my best role I it wasn't a, my favorite moment but I acknowledge you know how it got me here you know or but you know I think that can be true and I think people can also enjoy it um it wasn't on my list because it's not my favorite obviously Viola Davis performance and I think that it's one of her mm, I think it's one of her least uh magnetic performances you know, um, yeah. but I understand why people still refer to it because it is still a milestone film, you know, in the trajectory of her career, for sure. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we already talked about a few other films, but let's talk about our anticipation for the film that she has coming out. And that's the hunger games, the ballad of songbirds and snakes. So I'll be very brief with my thoughts on this movie. Obviously at the time of this recording, I haven't seen it yet, but um, I have a complicated relationship with the hunger games franchise. I really like the first film. I think it's a solid start to the series. Catch and Fire, to me, is one of the best blockbusters of the past 10 years. I mean, it's literally a 10-year-old film this year, which is crazy. I'll never forget watching it opening weekend uh, like it was yesterday. Yes. And I, unfortunately, was not a big fan of the Mockingjay films. I don't think they're bad films, but I do think Swin Them into Two Parts was not a great idea. And I know Francis Lawrence recently came out saying that he wishes that that hadn't been the case, that they were split into two parts, that they were just one film how long would it have been who knows they probably it probably would have been long but hey that's okay we were already this far invested into the franchise it's it's fine but um my anticipation for this i'm someone that's definitely tired of the overabundance of prequels that we get now based on ips because i don't need to know the origin stories of every character and every event ever like i really don't like I'm dreading this Waka movie coming out with Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> and I love Timothy. I I I love Timothy, and it looks like a cute, charming film. But we don't need an origin story of Lily Waka. We don't we don't need that. But um, with the Hunger Games, I will say from the trailers, it does look very fascinating, and it looks very well done. But I really like the cast that is assembled here. Uh, first of all, I think it's cool that Francis Lawrence came back. Um, for this, it's kind of equivalent to when David Yates came back to helm the Fantastic Beast movies after helming the last few Harry Potter movies. Um, but I remember when they announced the cast list, and I saw uh, Jason Schwartzman, Peter Dinklage, Hunter Schaefer, and Viola's cast, and that's the cast that I'm most excited to see. Um, I have not read this book, so I'm not going to be the guy that's like, well, in the book, this happened, but in the film, that happened. I'm just going in 
wanted to be entertained and I want to like the film and that's all I want. But I'm so excited to see what Viola brings to this film. I've not really read any reviews of the movie. I have no idea how Viola is in the movie. I'm sure she is incredible because again, as we keep saying, she's fucking Viola Davis and she's always great and everything. I'm so excited to see what she brings to this film. My anticipation for the film has been all over the place. I'm going in with low expectations and hopefully I'll come out of it pleasantly surprised because I want to like the movie. I like the Hunger Games. I like the story behind the Hunger Games. Even though I wasn't wowed by the finale of the series, I'm still interested to see what's next in this world. And I'm excited to go back to this world. I'm really excited to see what's... I mean, obviously, this is a prequel. There's no Katniss Everdeen here. But I'm really excited to see how this film pans out. So talk about your anticipation for the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I mean, Brian, you pretty much summed it all up. I... I too like the Hunger Games. I thought Catching Fire Catching Fire is my favorite out of the out of that franchise. And I did not care for the Mocking Jays. Um so I was like when you were talking, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, go on, go on. Um I I also agree that, you know, I agree that number one, we don't need prequels for everything. And I also agree that we also don't need to franchise everything. I think that I can understand why people do it. Um, well, I know why the studios do it, you know, we all know, but I, I also Mm -hmm. know that Mm -hmm. I also know why the storytellers do it because people are invested in this world, but it's, it's different when you have like, you know, these books and you make this book series and, you know, you keep doing book after book and it's, it's a little different when you translate that to a film, but I can understand a fan's wants or desires for more of their favorite characters and more of this world that this you know creative person crafted I just think that sometimes they bleed a thing dry and then there's nothing really left to work with and that's when you get these big overpriced productions of nothing however I am excited for Hunger Bird Hunger Bird Hunger Games (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so many different words. I'm just gonna just gonna call it Hunger Birds. No, Hunger Games ballads of uh Songbirds and Snakes. I actually saw the first ten minutes before the projector died at my screening. <laughs> um I'm excited for new characters. I'm excited for kind of an origin story of these games. And I am very excited about Viola Davis. I saw in an interview where she talked about how she just wanted to go for it. You know, the prosthetics, the eyes, the hair, looking crazy, you know, just really kind of sinking into um, the villainy of her character. And so I'm really excited to see what going for it looks like for her in this type of a film, you know, because we've talked about her range and we've talked about what she brings to each character, um, you know, in our list. And I'm going through her filmography and I'm really excited to see what new, new, you know, sneak peeks or new um, offerings we'll, we'll get from, you know, her abilities as an actor. I'm excited. Um, and I feel like, sorry, I'm excited and I feel like uh, she uh, will have fun for sure. Um, and I'm excited also, and it's not about, uh, 
This is not about uh, Viola proper. Uh, but I am also excited to see what Rachel Zachary is going to do because we know she can sing, obviously. Um, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to see. I, I told someone who is a super Rachel Zegler fan. And I said, I mean, it's not that I'm not a fan of hers. I think she's very talented. We just haven't been able, she hasn't had a, a platform to demonstrate a, her her ability as an actor yet. Um, West Side Story was a musical. Right. So, you know, obviously that was great. Um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, we will not speak of. <laughs> And then uh, no, we will not. <laughs> and then we have you know the the Hunger Games, which is such a big production, and the role that she has, we will know without a shadow of a doubt, you know, how well of an actor she is. And I'm excited for her to have this platform to show people, look, I can sing and I can act, you know. So I'm hoping that that happens for her and that that opens more doors for her as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this film, and I've been hearing good things. Uh, I also, like you, did not go out and search for the reviews or anything, but I've seen some social media reactions. Um, but I'm curious to see, you know, it's different when you're a super fan of the franchise. I feel like when you're a super fan of a franchise, sometimes you can either be overcritical or... Um, you can be rose-colored glasses. So so I've seen a lot of rose-colored right. glasses. And so I'm excited to see for myself who, I mean, I like the franchise. I'm not a, a, an Uber fan. Like I, you know, I don't have posters on my wall or things like that, but I'm excited to see mm-hmm. what we'll get, you know? I agree. I agree. And to close out this episode and give our final thoughts on Viola Davis, she is consistently great. She always gives it her all. I love that she continues to tackle projects that definitely get to um help her expand her range and just show off different sides of her that we're not used to seeing. But I want to pose one last question to you before we close out. What is a genre that Viola hasn't done yet that you want to see her in? And I, I, this is a two-part question. What's a filmmaker that you want to see Viola work with that she hasn't worked with before? I want Viola Davis to be in a Jordan Peele horror film. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want. I want her to be in a Jordan Peele horror film. Uh, I think that would be great. Um, I I think she would have fun. I think that would be a great dynamic uh, between the two of them. And, and also, I mean, I know she's doing Hunger Games, right? But I would also mm-hmm. love to see her in a really epic sci-fi. Like just, yeah. like just something very, you know, or something just really momentous. Like, you know, directed by like, I don't know. Christopher yeah, Nolan. I was just about to say Nolan. Stop! You're taking the word. Taking the word. We're so in sync right now. No, no, seriously, something really because we know because you know Nolan is very technically sound. However, somebody else has to write it because you know Nolan, you got to do better when you write your women characters. A hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. but no, seriously, I want to see her 
in in something like that because we've already seen her in a really great historical action you know gina gina did that with woman king like we know that oh she got that she can do that all day like that's done but i would love to see her in a real epic science fiction film um and a horror that's oh that'd be great and honestly also a romance you know, or or something. Yeah. I don't think we've seen her laugh a lot. <laughs> I need her to laugh. You know, I need her to. Can we get her in the rom? Let's get her in the rom. Yeah. Okay. Who's doing? Rom-com. Who's doing the, the rom com? Who's 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 writing and directing that? Uh, well, that's tough. Um, Nancy Myers. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be great. Ugh. I, that would probably be my go-to pick. Um, you know, going off that Jordan Peele. Uh, horror project. I actually, I'm not even joking when I said that. When I say this, a couple of weeks ago, someone asked me like, "Who would you cast in this new upcoming Jordan Peele project?" I'm not even joking when I would when I said this. I would cast Viola Davis as a mom and as her daughter Iowa Debery. I oh I wow, just think that would be like a perfect parent. Oh I, wow, I, I don't yeah. Know why. I I I just think that would be so perfect i think they would work off each other really beautifully too and you know we're in the period where iowa debris is like the person to work yeah, with yeah so. and and i think her quirkiness why not her quirkiness works with jordan peele's films you know um uh, yeah a hundred a hundred percent it was between that or he would um vile would still be the lead but then playing her daughter instead of io or maybe she has two daughters. Io and Jordan could reunite with Kiki. Yeah. Why yeah. Not? Why not? Exactly. Exactly. I would love it. I'd... Kiki, Kiki, Kiki Palmer should have been nominated for an Oscar for Nope, and that's the truth. I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the acting in that film. Don't ask me what the film's about. I, I can't. <laughs> No, no, no worries, no <laughs> worries. Uh, yeah, I, her her being in the horror film would be very, very cool. I think for me, I would, you know, sci-fi would be very, very cool too. But I think it would be really cool if she did like a, um, honestly, at, we, we talked about this briefly off air, huge musical theater fan i would kind of love for her to do a musical i think it would be really cool to see if she could pull it off and obviously i don't know how much of a background scene she has but um i don't know how much of her own scene she did for ma rainey but i think it would be really cool if she did a musical and don't ask me who would direct it because honestly <laughs> I, I can't think of a filmmaker right now um it's really tough. It's honestly, you know what? Slim Pickens. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, because it's between two filmmakers. No, I got it. Okay. She's in, a, it could be a musical, but it could also be a movie about music. And the person directing it is Barry Jenkins. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Although I would love Regina King to direct a film again. I loved One Night in Miami, and I think it would be really cool if she got to collaborate with Vi. They never did anything together, right, Regina? And I don't Viola? think so. I'm ro- I'm rocking with you on Barry Jenkins, though. I mean, yeah. I'm waiting for Barry to make a film again. I know he's making that Mufasa movie, which 
I don't know why he's making that to be honest, but you know, hey, money. I guess <laughs> I, I can't blame him. Well, hopefully he he makes the movie and then he gets money to make another great film again. That's that's all <laughs> I want. But yeah, I mean, but you know, to close out on Viola Davis, really one of the greatest actresses working today, one of the greatest actors working today. Um, exceptional across the board and everything that she's in. Love that she has so much range. Love that she is committed to every single project that she's in. Love that she picks different projects with different filmmakers and different actors and showcases her all. I have so much respect for her. I always get excited whenever I see her name attached to any project, and I will always be excited to see whatever she is in, regardless if it's a film that is up my alley or if it's not up my alley. So what are your final thoughts on Viola Davis? My final thoughts on Viola Davis is that Viola Davis is a stellar talent she just radiates um a positive attitude uh authenticity both on and off screen and um she just leaves a mark she leaves a stain in every performance she gives and you know even though we had our five it's it was not easy to narrow it down because you know, she's, she's always delivering and very excited to see um, what role she takes on next. I've, I've enjoyed, you know, watching her career unfold. And I'm, I mean, I'm all saying it like I'm older than her, obviously she's older than me, but still like, you know, you look up to someone and you, you enjoy watching their journey. And I am so happy that she's an EGOT winner. And I hope that she continues to get all of the things that she deserves um, in her career. And I can't, I just can't wait for more. She's great. Absolutely. Kid, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I had such a blast getting to chat with you tonight about Viola Davis and really just getting to chat with you in general. It's been such a delight. Thank you so much. Of course, of course. So much fun. Stressful, but fun. Cause you know, it's Viola. You know, I anticipate everybody coming onto the show and being stressed in one way or the <laughs> other. But all all that matters all that matters to me is that they have fun, and I had a great time having you on. And I hope you had fun absolutely as well. so much fun. And tell the listeners where they can find you online. Where they can where can they find your work? Oh yes, I mean yeah, I'm. You know, I am on all the socials at bykitstone dot com. That's b y. K-I-T-S-T-O-N-E. Um, oh, why did I say dot com? Oh my gosh. At by Kitstone. <laughs> I'm on all the socials at by Kitstone. And uh, my website, which is a little baby site, but it's growing, called HughWatchedIt.com. And I started it just this year, uh, just really on a whim. And I just hope that it will be a place that... Um, uh, gives offers different shades of criticism. Get it, Hugh shades, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, I just hope that it it does that, and it that I continue to do what I set out to do, and that's help films find their audience. 
wonderful stuff that you're doing over there. I'm going to put a link for all of Kit's content in the description below where you can find her and follow her and support her work. And you guys can follow me on all socials at Brian Suffield. You guys can subscribe to this podcast on any podcast platform. Rate, review, share this around. We also have a Twitter and Instagram so you guys can stay up to date with what's going on in Film Fragments. Let us know your favorite Viola Davis films. I'm so curious to hear your guys' list. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. Be on the lookout for more great content coming your way. We just have a few more weeks left of 2023. Lots of great episodes, lots of great guests coming your way. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks again, everybody. And I will see you guys for the very next episode of Film Fragments. Take care, everybody. (laughs) 